Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished social entrepreneur from India, Mr. Aditya Agarwal. Aditya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashutosh, for inviting me to the show. It's really uh, an honor for us to be here. Thank you. Aditya is the co-founder of Pital. Uh, which is P-T-A-L, Punjabi Thatera Art Legacy. Pital is also the Hindi word for brass. Um, he's, his, his designation, if I understand correctly, is Bartanwala at Pital. He's the former director of Enactus at SRCC, and he was the global representative of HSBC, Asia Pacific Business Case. So, Aditya, let's talk about Pital, which is the Punjabi Thatera Art Legacy. Tell me about uh, uh, this venture and what is the PTAL? Uh, thank you so much, Ashutosh, for the introduction. So Pital that you see as a full-fledged brand right now, there's a very interesting story behind it because it's, it is something which started as a college project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about social entrepreneurship, it was one of the projects under Shriram College of Commerce, of mm-hmm. which even I was a part. And uh, we started it back in 2018 and we came across this particular community in Amritsar who were mm-hmm. practicing this 30 hour craft form. And they had the distinction of being India's only UNESCO listed craft form. Okay. And even after having that distinction, their craft was on the decline. That's when, you know, we decided that, you know, we wanted to intervene in this uh, area. We wanted to see that, you know, there was a great potential that these artisans had. And then we intervened by after forming a brand, we started modernizing different designs. Mm -hmm. And then we wanted to, you know, market their products to the uh, online and offline markets. Mm -hmm. Hence, uh, we developed Pital, which stands for Punjabi Thathera Art Legacy, as well as also the Hindi word for brass, mm. so that we can connect with the masses. And more importantly, Pital doesn't remain just as a seg- uh, as a medium of buying and selling of products, but mm. it goes beyond that mm. and looks af- more after the su- long-term survival of the craft form. Okay. So uh, for our viewers and listeners, tell me a little bit more about the Thathera Art Legacy, um, which is what makes it... Uh, you know, a listed crafts form for UNESCO? So, you know, this community of Thatheras, they have been traditionally practicing the art of making brass and copper utensils mm-hmm. since a long time back. And these are basically uh, artisan group, uh, which consists of uh, people who are beyond the age of 50. They live in Jindiala Guru, a small town near Amritsar. And they had been particularly practicing this craft form of hammering these utensils to make uh, products of metallic beauty and they have been there since the time of Maharaja Ranjit Singh. Wow. So, you know, they had a great distinction earlier and overall because of the seeing the beauty in this particular craft form, UNESCO had listed it in the list of intangible cultural heritage in 2014. Mm-hmm. But because the craft was declining, it was almost on the verge of extinction from the list of UNESCO. Because, you know, when we ventured into the community there, there were only 20 families practicing it. And earlier, there were 500 families that used to practice it. Mm. So, you know, it was slowly on the decline. And there was a very triggering fact, which we came to know that these artisans were paid just 20 rupees for a particular product that used to take two to three hours. So that was a triggering factor for, you know, all of us. And uh, when we ventured, our entire goal was to, you know, just make sure that the day we enter we and the day we leave or the till, till the time we are there, we are at least able to, you know, make some sort of impact. We have, even if, you know, we are able to increase the incomes by 5%, 10%, that will be huge for us. That is, you know, that will 
be the start of our goal and we'll feel that we have done something impactful but i'm really glad to share that you know over the last 3 years we have uh, revived the craft form in a way we have got more than 55 artisan families working with us and we have increased their incomes by over 600% so earlier they used to earn around 2000 rupees per month but now each of these families on an average they earn about 15000 to 16000 per month amazing amazing so before i move any further tell me what are some of the characteristics of brass that are good for us it's a very interesting question ashutosh and you know that uh, as a brand even we like i mentioned we are not just limited to buying and selling of products but we more are you know focused on developing a community of uh, people around it you know mm. not just the side of the artisans but also on the side of consumers mm. so uh, our goal from the very beginning has been to you know develop the ayurvedic mantra of cooking in brass eating in kansa and drinking from copper in the minds of people so that you know people understand that there are a lot of health benefits associated with these traditional metals mm. so brass in particular it said that it's very helpful in cooking mm. because when you cook in brass there are natural juices that are released into the food mm. that adds an additional flavor to the food mm. so i i i guess you know i have still seen a lot of famous restaurants in india as well they use this brass handis or patilis for biryani mm. and even they have said that you know when they cook in this there's a different natural flavor that comes to the food that enhances the flavor mm. secondly uh, brass uh, is an alloy of copper and zinc so mm. zinc as a metal it allow, it it's uh, known for improving the memory of an individual it sharpens the memory and overall zinc in brass also improves the bl- blood circulation okay. so overall you know uh, from the very long time and even after covid because uh, a lot of people have become more health conscious they are not just concerned about what they eat mm. but a lot of them are also concerned about how they cook it and what vessel do they eat it from mm. so because um, and you know one more interesting property of these brass utensils is that they are naturally nonstick Okay. So you know, I remember there's a very growing concern about how non-stirrent, non-stick cookware material in the market is very toxic. Right. It's not good because it is coated. Mm. But we found out over time it was not something that we knew from the beginning. But over time, with the use of these metals, with a feedback from the customers, we came to know that these are naturally non-stick, which mm. again gives a big plus to these utensils. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned that it is an alloy of uh, zinc and you said what? Copper. Else? Zinc and copper. copper. And zinc. So uh how do the artisans get access to this uh, this you know this this brass and uh, do you help in getting them uh, you know the the the, the compound yes, absolutely so uh, you know um, like i mentioned these artisans when we found them they were being exploited by a lot of people there and they did not have any knowledge about how to price their products how to you know sell these products or what kind of products to make it in mm-hmm. so what we did our aim was to have a you know a holistic development in the entire craft form mm-hmm. so we started right from the beginning we tried to procure pure quality of raw materials with an isi certificate mm-hmm. from some vendors in jagadri which is a place in haryana yeah. then it is a hub of different raw materials so we procured pure brass and copper sheets and then we supplied these sheets to these artisans in amritsar and they they used to make sure the products out of that Mm. so we wanted to make sure that you know since we wanted to maintain a proper uniform quality in the products we wanted to ensure that the raw materials as well we are giving to these artisans mm. is of supreme quality and they do not get fooled by any sort of you know mixed quality or improper quality in the market because at the end of the day if we are talking about the health benefits of these utensils it's very important to you know have that authenticity in the metal mm. otherwise the health benefits won't be there at all mm. amazing amazing so uh, as you've been supporting a lot of the artisans you're also building your brand 
help me understand what goes into building a strong handicraft brand right so you know uh, the it is very difficult overall to build a handicraft right. brand in particular because yeah. these products in general are very expensive in mm. comparison to you know machine made cheap alternatives that are available in the market so from day one we used to hear a lot of uh, feedback from people you know they were saying that if a machine made jug is available in the market for 500 rupees why should i buy your copper jug at 2000 or 2500 rupees mm. so that was the time when it became you know really important to tell people the price behind these products you know what goes into making these products right. and overall I, we have also noticed that you know the consciousness has increased over the past few years where people are not just concerned about what the product is but who is behind that product or right. how that product has taken shape so you know after covid uh, we w- understood the value and importance of the digital media and how you know we had to build a social presence and that was the time when we decided that it was very important to bring the story of these artisans to the consumers and mm. as well as connect the consumers with the artisans so our entire goal was like in all the activities that we did was to connect the two seas of the spectrum the community of our consumers with the community of artisans mm-hmm. so you know what we did we started developing a lot of different stories of these artisans mm. during the covid we started educating people that you know it's not these artisans don't want any form of donation from you Right. all they want is work you pay yeah. them money they'll give you the product it's not that you know you're just paying money for their welfare yeah. even they don't want that you know they want to practice their work they want to practice their craft form which is right. something of a pride and legacy to them Absolutely. so we started you know developing a lot of different stories we have a lot of stories that we did on social media we started developing a youtube presence wherein the artisans are themselves telling how they have made this product how what you know goes behind making these products mm. and then we started posting that we started communicating that to the consumers and a lot of consumers could relate with it mm. you know a lot of them used to come to us and tell that we want that patili which was made by manohar lalji one of your artists because mm. we saw that in the video and he's very you know uh, he's very cute he's very enterprising as far as what we could see and we could see the pride in his eyes so that was one of the things definitely that you know we had to do and at the same time um, you know building a handicraft brands uh, like i said involves a lot of education that needs to be passed on to the consumers because mm-hmm. people need to have that need to accept those imperfections and not only accept but embrace those imperfections in handcrafted products right they need to understand that you know right since if it has been made by a particular individual it can't have the perfect finish that you look at from uh, a machine made product mm-hmm. so you know uh, a lot of our education went into telling people you know why there's a particular line of joint in a Uh, in a particular copper matka or a copper pitcher because you know there's a big circle that needs to be uh, uh, made and it needs to be joined together it can't be made in a single piece so uh, i would say uh, a lot of things that went into building the brand was mainly around how we can engage these people because without us we knew that it was very difficult for any of these artisans to reach out to you know more than thousands of people mm-hmm. and um, with our own instagram page we could develop a following of more than 50000 people on our page mm-hmm. uh, and like with activities such as yours that you know you are helping uh, through this particular podcast as well so i guess this will also be a medium wherein a lot of people today for mm-hmm. the first time will get to know about this community and will get to know about their products and so they- these are sort of activities that you know we keep continuing uh, so that we can you know ensure that there's recognition about this craft form fantastic and you know aditya from what you were just telling me i think you got another you got all b2c c2c c, you know d2c etc now you can have a new c2c which is community to consumer right so That's fantastic fantastic well, another question is that you know you said that the this legacy has been coming down from the time of maharaja ranjit singh 
has the craft uh, remained largely the same or has it evolved over the years i would say it has definitely evolved you know when we had uh, ventured into the community one of the major problems that we mm-hmm. found was the fact that these people did not have enough design knowledge mm-hmm. to make some sort of products that could have a market fit because these uh, artisans used to make traditional big utensils like handis patilis which were essentially used in gurudwaras right yeah. so what we did we uh, had designers on board we started developing modern designs mm-hmm. like some small products like tea cups cocktail glasses snack bowls dinner plates something which could have a modern utility in the market mm. and you know that's why even our tagline stands as transforming traditions into trends mm. because all we have been doing is that focusing on new designs seeing products which could have a fit in the market mm. and with that we have seen a lot of change in the designs and the techniques as well used by these artisans mm. and one of the most heartening facts for us has been uh like these the lot of the younger generation is coming into the craft form wow. so they are bringing their own flavor because you know when we intervene like i mentioned in the beginning that the particular community consisted of people beyond the age of 50 mm. so there were a lot of older artisans and one thing that you need for long term sustainability of any mm. craft form is mm. the newer generation carrying carrying it forward correct so that's when we thought saw that you know when these artisans young artisans were coming mainly due after covid we could see a new flavor brought in by them we could see a new enthusiasm new uh, ability and a greater appetite of risk being brought in by them mm, fantastic so another question that i have aditya is that you know whenever i've spoken to people like you who are actually impacting lives of artisans in different areas um the question i ask all of them and the same question to you is that you've increased their earning from 20 rupees per hour, per hour to 15 16000 rupees a month uh give me some examples of how you have actually impacted right. lives uh, of families in the areas that they live and work in right so i'm glad that you asked that question because there have been very uh, you know many success stories which gives us that hope and makes us you know uh, gives us that satisfaction to see right. that you know uh, it gives keeps us moving forward and uh, it helps us realize that actually there's a real impact that is happening on ground mm. so i would like to tell the story of a young artisan mandeep uh, who joined us in covid uh, during the covid times mm. so he was uh, he was the son of our, one of our artisans amrit lal ji who was again 65 years old so he was a master one of the master craftsmen in the area and um, uh, his son mandeep was basically working as a textile salesman but during covid he lost his job and he used to see his father working in this craft farm day and night and his his father did not see this craft farm you know just as a means of living he used to see it something as his pride his own legacy that he has carried forward mm. so seeing that mandeep also joined in the craft farm and he was associated with us he start you know we started giving him different designs mm. to make and today i would say he is one of those artisans who makes who gets the maximum orders from pital in some sense wow. uh, among all other artisans so you know it was really heartening for us to see that you know some and even if you know if if you see him now you won't think that he's an artisan he's very cool he wears fashionable t-shirts uh, he talks about his journey and uh, you know it makes us very heartening to see that these guys are coming into the fold and he's uh, when we interviewed him once uh, for one of our videos like i mentioned that you know we do on our social media he told that he also at, uh, at the same time you know he wants his 
own children to come into the craft form because he is seeing that there's a lot of scope and there's a lot of success in the craft form. Mm-hmm. In comparison to that, if we used to, you know, ask his father earlier, uh, like when we ventured into the craft form in 2018, he used to say that I don't want my children to come into this because, you know, there's not much scope. I don't want them to suffer like me, etc. But so, you know, they are seeing that behavioral change in them where they want to, you know, have their kids come into the fold and ensure that, you know, they can uh, carry their craft form ahead, carry that legacy ahead, and they take that pride in it. Mm -hmm. So we have seen a lot of these artisans coming into the fold, encouraging their children now, and they're also getting along with the modern trends, and they they have a lot of now financial knowledge as well, Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, other knowledge. So they're taking up health insurances, we are helping them with that. They are understanding the importance of investments for long term, and for the, you know, financial security of the family. So these are very little things, you know, which help us realize that there's a change that is actually coming on ground in these artists. Fascinating. And uh, the other question is that, you know, when, when there's such a large legacy over such a long period of time, what is the role you are playing in helping to document a lot of the knowledge or the institutional knowledge that exists in the older uh, members of the community so that it never disappears? Right. So, you know, um, it is very difficult to sort of make sure that this legacy stays on for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, that is why documenting such a uh, such an art, uh, such stories becomes very important. Mm-hmm. So our efforts uh, on a regular basis always remains on the fact that we engage uh, the older community to pass on the knowledge mm-hmm. to the upcoming generations. We try to develop, we have also developed a research paper, mm-hmm. basically covering the entire story of these artisans mm-hmm. and their craft form. And on a regular basis, we do engage with different, you know, publications, different uh, magazines mm-hmm. to sort of cover the story of individual artisans. We don't want them to cover the story of a brand or cover the story of uh, the particular, you know, uh, a particular initiative or a campaign. But mainly we try different ways. We try to connect with different media agencies mm. to see if they can cover the story of these uh, artisans, their knowledge, their experiences, and what they feel about the future of this craft form mm. so that it is something that remains lifelong. It is something which remains eternal even after some of these craftsmen might not be there. Right. Right. So on a regular le- level, you know, storytelling about the craft form becomes an important aspect because of which from our end, what we try to do is that we try regularly developing different videos, different sort of short documentaries mm. covering specific lives of a particular artisan. For mm. example, recently we had an artisan, the first artisan we associated with at people. Mm. He is now opening his own workspace. He's building a new home with all the money that he has earned in the past few years from people for, from his craft mm. farm. So, you know, those sort of things are something which gives us that happiness, that satisfaction to see these artisans come ahead and even they are very supportive, very accommodative of helping, the, uh, of, you know, ensuring that their stories go beyond the small lanes of Jandiala to across the world. Incredible. So uh, I have time for a couple of more questions. My next question, uh, Aditya, is that what is the role the local government uh, is playing or should be playing in the lives of the artisan communities? So, you know, when we began our venture into this particular community, the district administration of Amritsar, which was the local body there, they helped us quite a lot, mainly including the uh, DC as well. DC sir there was very supportive of our entire idea and uh, he helped us in different ways. 
Number one, he helped us in getting concessional stalls at different exhibitions, which I feel uh, that is that local governments all across the country can do. Mm-hmm. And they're actually doing as well. So we see a lot of uh, big exhibitions at Dilli Hart mm-hmm. or, you know, Dastaka or different places mm-hmm. where sometimes the government helps in leveraging the stall rent for these guys mm-hmm. by providing them concessions, by providing them TA and DA, the allowances mm-hmm. to ensure that these uh, artisans get an idea, get a chance to showcase their art to a wider audience. Wow. So that is definitely something which the local government is currently doing and it can definitely do keep doing it mm-hmm. because that actually helps a lot of these artisans to make, to not only sell their products, but also to interact with the consumer and get their feedback on, you know, how to keep continuing these uh, keep continuing their efforts on developing new products. Mm. Uh, secondly, I guess recently the government has also introduced a lot of new schemes mm. to help these artisans market their products internationally. Mm. So there's uh, this body called EPCH, Export mm. Promotion Council, um, for ha- export promotion for crafts and handicrafts, which basically helps uh, in you know ex- providing different benefits for export of these items mm. to uh, also give the artisans a platform to showcase their products and at international exhibitions or international events. So I guess that is also something that the government can definitely do to, you know, provide support to these artisans. Thirdly, from, you know, from just talking from the success of Pital, I can definitely say that one of the major gaps that exists in artisan communities is the lack of digitalization. Right. So what the government can definitely do in the coming age, mm-hmm. and especially what COVID has done to the entire industry, mm-hmm. the government can definitely see how they can help these people in terms of bringing their craft online, in terms of you know developing that acumen, developing that business acumen of selling products online. And if not uh, individually as articles, but like the government has its own government e-marketplace, how it can onboard more artisans and more products on that so that even if the artisans cannot be taught the digitization aspect, Mm. the government can do it on their behalf and still, you know, help to ensure that these artisans are getting work at the end of the day. Amazing. Aditya, my last question to you, uh, and this is for all the viewers and listeners, how does one buy uh, Pithal products? Um, Where do we go? I mean, is it available on uh, platforms or do you have a website? So we have our own website by the name of Petal.in and we have our own Petal Instagram. Spent P-T-A-L.in. P-T-A-L.in. Yes. Okay. And we are also listed on different e-commerce marketplaces like Tata Click, Okai, Etsy as well, which is a platform for international customers. Mm-hmm. And if there are people outside India who want to purchase, we also have a website, petalstore.com, which is P-T-A-L-Store.com. And uh, apart from that, we also have our social media pages from where people can come and they can buy and we have a physical space that we recently developed in chandigarh so people around chandigarh can also visit us to buy the product and at the end of the day if there's anyone who's willing to you know personally have a visit to jandiala guru with us we are more than happy to welcome them wonderful aditya on that note thank you so much for speaking to me thank you for talking to me about the thatera art legacy about your brand pital which is brass as you've been saying Uh, Thank you for explaining uh, the incredible advantages that uh, brass has, which again, you told me is an alloy of uh, zinc and copper. And, uh, you know, what my big takeaway is that it's a nonstick, you know, which is probably why my grandparents and great grandparents used brass so much for cooking. You know, we just discovered nonstick in the last few decades. Uh, Thank you again uh, for talking to me at such length and good luck to you. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. It's been a pleasure.
Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.